You mean to tell me you told me you were ready and you lied? When I say I'm ready, it just means I'm fully erect. <laughs> but to tell you the truth, in that case, I'm always ready. Right. So are you also ready to record? Oh, no, not in the slightest. No, 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 no. Oh, great. Also, I'm done. Oh, great. Uh, so what did you need me for? Hold on. Nope, I'm ready again. Waka waka. Should I have start? I should have started the show there. That should have been it. Damn it. I told myself I wasn't going to do this. I told myself, today, Chris, today is going to be different. Today, there's going to be a moment when the show should start. It's going to be fast and tight, and you're going to feel it, and you're going to go right into it, and you're not going to hesitate, and you're going to find the right start to the show. And I didn't. I just blew it. I blew it straight to hell, Andrew. Was that a second time? Was I supposed to do it again? <laughs> Damn it! Damn it again! What am I doing? I'm actually okay with this because something's up with my recording. I'm trying to figure it out. Wait, with your recording? Yeah, yeah. I can see that there's like buzzing coming in. Like I can see it in Audacity and I'm trying to figure out where it, what's, what it's... Like usually that means that the microphone is touching something that I am touching. Right, 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 right. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, listen, the the main point is that it's not me. That's the big thing. Right. I mean, that's clearly the most important part. Well, considering for, let's see, what episode is this? 46? Something like that? Could be. Yeah. And for 46 straight episodes, every time there's been an audio problem, it's been me. So yeah, this is a big deal, Andrew. (laughs) Well, here's the difference. I fixed mine. I hate you. Everybody. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic geek movie news all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and buy that last box of surgical masks. My name is Chris Treble. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, Andrew. How are you guys all doing with this COVID-19 coronavirus business? Uh, we're fine. By the way, do you think do you think that reference will still be current by the time this episode comes out? What do you think? You think it'll still be around? I think this episode is going to go up tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I meant. Do you think we'll have this fixed by tomorrow? I think it's still going to be here. Okay, good. All right, good. That's my biggest worry. Because as much as I I don't want it around, you know, I I would like it to stick around so it doesn't look like we're out of touch. I don't don't know what that means. (laughs) Well, I just want my joke to still make sense. Okay. Really. Oh, 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 I see. Once this episode goes up, if, um... If it wants to go away, that's fine. But if it could stick around until this episode goes up, then that would be great. That would be great. This is going to be the worst episode I ever do because the time change, it is whooping my ass. Is it really? Yeah. You know what's funny is, oddly enough, I'm the complete opposite. I am uh, I'm awake and sober for the first time in like four to six episodes, which is really... Really odd. Well, we're going to have to cancel. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be weird. Well, I kept listening to the episodes and I all be, I, and I was listening to myself and I was like, I sound like I'm trying to have energy, but I definitely sound both tired and drunk, which is causing me to, uh, there's a slight slur when I'm both tired and drunk that I just can't get over. It's almost like alcohol is a downer and not an upper. It's really weird. Yeah. 
So instead, I've switched to cocaine. <laughs> Great. So this episode will be 17 minutes long. <laughs> Wait, I just realized I don't have my uh, I don't have my notebook. All the way across the room. Speaking of, Melinda has asked me to take notes on the things that you talk about. On the things that I talk about? Yeah. You mean baby-wise or just in general? No, the show. Like your news stuff. Because she makes all of our graphics on Instagram whenever there's a new episode. God. And so she's asked me to take notes during the show so I can say this is the stuff we're going to be talking about so she has a head start on making the graphics. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So I gotta try to remember that. Okay. Cool. I'll try and help you out with that. And by help you out, I mean Probably not at all. That would be ideal, actually, because I do not want to have to cut you out saying, hey, make sure you write this down. Hey, take a note of this. <laughs> Here, it co- Here's the wind-up. Here it comes. Brace yourself. Oh, sorry. Do you want to grab a pen first before I start talking about Batman? Or Yeah. Do you want to grab a piece of paper? <laughs> Open up a Word document? <laughs> Damn it, Clippy. <laughs> Is that thing still around? That thing's still got to be around, right? No, no, I I record on Windows 95. Nice. Excellent. Apparently, Windows 95 is the only operating system that you can get Audacity on anymore. (laughs) Are you still using GarageBand? I'm still using GarageBand. I still have to use GarageBand. I I check on like a bi-weekly basis to see if Audacity has gotten their shit together, and they haven't. And then they... They have the gall. They have the gall, Andrew, to say on their website that there's a workaround. And I've done the workaround. It works around nothing. (laughs) Works around my ass. That's what it does. Works around my ass and it chaps it. (laughs) God. (laughs) Okay. So there's that. Well, at least you got that in case the store's out of toilet paper. I mean, I don't use that stuff anyway. It's just... I, I, I mean, right. who I, does? It's the year 2020. Oh, I take out the middleman, okay? I take a poop and then I jump into the shower immediately and I wash off like a gentleman. Ah, see, I was going to say that no, no, no. The trick is uh, to be fancy about it and to turn your sink faucet upside down and then you have a bidet. Oh, this is why you are always one step ahead of me, done. You really got it together. Because I use water to clean my butthole? That's true. All right, so should we get to it? Should we get to the (laughs) Please. Should we get to the news? Yes, for the love of God. I thought this was great content. Um, And I can't... This is going to be... You know what? Oh, man. I just looked at my first news item. Um, And we're transitioning from Andrew spraying water up into his anus into this. Oh, who died? Yep. Here we go. Ready? (laughs) So real quick, before I get to actual news stories, I do want to say something. Uh, So James Lipton passed away. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy the Lip. So for those of you listening to the podcast, it may seem kind of strange that we're bringing someone up like James Lipton uh, passing away on the show, because obviously he wasn't, um, I mean, he was kind of an an actor a a long time ago, but he was most famous for, for hosting Inside the Actor's Studio, which doesn't, it kind of fits into the show, but but not quite. The other thing that the people seem to forget is that he founded, he founded a school and that was the basis for inside the actor studio. Uh, and that was the actor studio drama school. And the reason that I bring it up is because James Lipton plays heavily into the origin story of this podcast. Uh, because as obviously, you know, Andrew, and some of you out there might know or might not, but the actor studio drama school 
is where Andrew and I met. It's also where we got married. It is. And conceived our many children. And divorced. It was a long, crazy time. But he created the school that you and I met at. And so you can draw a direct line from James Lipton to the creation of this podcast. And so I felt like I would be remiss if I didn't give it some sort of a mention uh, of his passing, since he is, you know, in some sort of way uh, responsible for the creation of this whole show. Yeah, a mention to the mensch. Yeah. I mean, the guy was 93 and had interviewed over 100 actors. And you and I sat through a good portion of those interviews and can talk in depth about them, not on this episode, but, you know, we were we were there for a lot of those interviews and they are they're really something to to watch and something to behold. And if you have any interest in the craft of acting, if you have any interest in really just even how they make movies, that is a show and those interviews are something to watch because they really give you an insight into how things are are done. In all honesty, we could probably spend an entire episode talking about James Lipton. Maybe we'll do a uh, like a Patreon like impromptu, just you and me chatting. Like a little retrospective, yeah. I've read, have you ever read Inside Inside? Have you ever read his autobiography? I haven't. I have, and it is a crazy ass life that man led. Let me tell you. Oh, I know. Have you seen the 200th episode of Inside the Actor's Studio where Dave Chappelle interviews him? I did, yeah. I, it's, it's been a little while since I've seen it, but I have seen it. Fun fact as well for all the nerds out there, James Lipton wrote the theme song to Thundercats. Yes, he did. He he really did. He also wrote the musical to Copacabana. I think so. I don't know, man. I just know the Thundercats trivia. Yes, I know. I know the Thundercats trivia as well. So I just want to do a little brief mention. So James Lipton, RIP. That was a good long life. I mean, that was a good long, full, full life. That's the type of life you want to lead. You're going out at 93 with a lot on the plate. Yeah. Not only was he the founder of the Actor Studio Drama School, he was also our dean while we were there, our dean emeritus. Our dean emeritus, he yeah. He came to our, like, final thesis projects and stuff. Yeah. Which was great. Which was amazing. Fantastic. And did it actually literally up until 2018. So just in, let's see, not this past rep season, but two rep seasons ago. That was the, that was the first time he had never, he wasn't well enough to go see the thesis projects. But you think about that long line even after he had retired and he was dean emeritus he still was coming around he was still being active in his creation which is fantastic um and it was still you could still even when i remember being there when he would arrive uh and there was a a passion to it like he loved being there he loved seeing the work uh being done and he loved seeing his creation come to life and so that is something that is it's always inspiring to see for a young artist. For anyone out there who wants to see any more recent stuff that he's done, more fun stuff, because he was like a regular actor way back in the day, but more recently he plays himself a lot, or at least like characterizations of himself, which are great. Check out Glee, which he plays himself in, and check out Arrested Development. He plays the warden in it, and it's a recurring role, and he's fucking phenomenal in it. He's hysterical. Yes, he is killer in Arrested Development. But also, every single person here... Regardless of whether or not you know James Lipton or not, even if you've already seen what I'm about to tell you about, you should go. We should all stop what we're doing right now to reminisce on this man's life. We should all go to YouTube right now and type James Lipton, give it a ponder, and just watch everything that comes up. It's the funniest stuff he's ever done. It was commercials for, I don't even think it was for a company or, or like a product. It was just like saying, 
before you text, think about it first. And that's the whole bit. And he would take off his beard, which he had had his entire life and everyone recognizes him for, it's iconic, and put it on other people so that they would ponder whether they should send a text. I remember these. They were, I remember the the act of him taking off that beard and it was, it blew my mind. Yeah, it's yeah. super weird. Just like, it was like the universe bent in on itself when yeah. that happened. All right, so let's get on with it. Let's get on with the real news. So I've got a bunch of stuff here. There's some stuff I want to get to kind of right away because it's kind of fresh and just kind of came over the wire like right before we started recording. But um, I got a little bit of everything. I got a little DC. I got a little Marvel. What do you want to do? Uh, Star Wars? Too bad. I want to talk about Indiana Jones. Oh. So they are indeed going forward with Indiana Jones 5, Andrew. However, Steven Spielberg, for the first time in the franchise's history, is not going to be the director. It's been reported that Spielberg is out, and possibly, probably, James Mangold is in. Oh! James Mangold, of course, directed Logan. Uh, He directed The Wolverine. He directed uh, many, many things. Now, Spielberg's still going to be on as a producer, but he's not going to direct. This is the first time, like I said, this is the first time in the franchise that Spielberg has not been the director of an Indiana Jones movie. So here's my thing. First of all, I don't I don't know how invested you are in the Indiana Jones franchise. Is this something you were like grew up with? Is this something you're actually interested in? Uh sort of vaguely. Honestly, I think the first Indiana Jones I ever saw was The Last Crusade. And I probably saw it. <sighs> Hold on a second. We just need to take a second. Because I, I really, I got scared for a second. You, you, you paused, <laughs> and then you, I thought you were going to say the crystal, the crystal skull, skull, and I no. was ready to hang up on you. In fact, let me retract that statement. The only one I've seen is the crystal skull, and I thought it was pretty good. No, the first one I saw... There's nothing about you that I don't hate for that joke. Aww. It's not a funny subject. It's a pretty funny subject. It's not okay to joke about. Too soon, Andrew. Too soon. No, but okay. Do you remember when he got blown up in that fridge and then he opened the door and he rolled out? That was pretty good. Remember when Shia LaBeouf was sword fighting a Russian woman on top of two different Jeeps? That was pretty great. Remember when one of the greatest actors of all time played that ancient old man in one of the shittiest movies ever made? Shia LaBeouf didn't play an old man in that. What are you talking about? No, the other the other guy. Um, John Hurt, right? Oh, the other greatest actor of all time. Right. The, sorry, the second greatest actor of all time. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So you saw the, the Last Crusade first. So I had seen The Last Crusade maybe four or five times before I even knew there was another one. And then that next one that I saw was Temple of Doom, which I still thought wow, was pretty good. you literally went backwards. I did. And I, I was like, eh, this is pretty good. This isn't terrible. But like, I definitely like The Last Crusade better. And then I was either a senior in high school or like in college. I had known that there was another one, but I didn't like them really enough to, to be like, oh, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll take the time. If they were on, I'd, I'd put them on. And Raiders was just never on. And I'd catch some pieces here or there, but I didn't want to start it halfway through, you know. So I think it wasn't until I was either a senior in high school or I was like a freshman in college when finally, like somewhere was was showing it. And I was able to go to an event and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. My God, that's... And honestly, I've probably only seen Raiders once or twice in my life. Oh, God. Okay. 
I grew up. I thought it was Watching fine. These. I'm not a huge Indiana okay, Jones fan. So that's like, the, I'll be, so that's, it's, it's not really so my bad. that was bag. the answer to my question. No, you asked if I had seen them or something. <laughs> Who can tell anymore? <laughs> so I grew up with these pictures. I am pretty passionate about this character. I actually am sad that it's not on Disney Plus right now because they di- they Disney owns this franchise. They own Lucasfilms, which means they own Indiana Jones. And it's not on there and it bugs the shit out of me. And I, I'm a little perturbed that other than Indy 5, they're not trying to do anything with this franchise. It's also interesting because this is the franchise that Harrison Ford loves. So you'd think they'd fast track the shit out of this stuff, but whatever. Is he going to be in the next movie? He is in the next movie. And that leads me to my real question is, so Spielberg is not directing this next one. This is probably going to be the last one with Harrison Ford because he is almost 80. Is this worth getting a new director? Do we hang up the whip is basically the question. I feel like it has to be a torch pass. We have to like have a young person come in and see, maybe find like a secret room in Grandpa Indy's house, you know, or Grandpa Henry, right? Isn't that his real name? Are you just going to describe the trailer to Ghostbusters Afterlife, but with Indiana Jones? Yeah, do that. Let's do that. (laughs) That's amazing. I see here's the thing I feel the opposite don't torch pass it I think just reboot it people are gonna just shit their pants that I just said this so don't put Harrison Ford in it unless it's like a weird cameo well thing? no but well I wouldn't even put Harrison Ford in it then what I'm saying is this here's the thing is that as bad as Crystal Skull is and I've forced myself to try and give it rewatches every once in a while just to see if I'm crazy on this There is, through all four of them, there is a consistency because you have, you have the same guy who thinks of the stories, which is George Lucas. He didn't write the script for the last one. I'm not sure he wrote the script for Temple of Doom or Last Crusade. I could be wrong on that. But I know he, he came, he comes up with this story, the idea, the MacGuffin, right? So he... You have the same guy who creates the thing that they're going after, which is what an Indiana Jones movie is all about. You have the same actor who plays the iconic lead role, and you have the same director. There is a, a cohesiveness through all four of those movies. And yes, I'm actually including the, the Crystal Skull in this one. That is consistent throughout. And then you're going to have this one oddball one that is kind of off. Because James Mangold is not going to give the same yeah, look. Yeah, he's a very different director. He's a very different director. And it's going to be, I mean, I f- there are certain things you have to do to kind of stay through the theme or the the world, the reality of Indiana Jones. But at the same time, it's not going to be the same. It's just not. It's going to be wa- like watching someone do an impression of Steven Spielberg doing an Indiana Jones movie. And in that case, uh, either A, get J.J. Abrams, because he can do a Spielberg impression better than anyone else. See Super 8. Um, or end the franchise with Harrison Ford and reboot it with someone else. Because this is a character that, because it's this serial, these individual movies that don't really link together, you can do that. You could create a new franchise with Harrison Ford or or, excuse me without Harrison Ford that being said I love these movies to death and Harrison Ford is they've asked him like would you like to see Indiana Jones rebooted with someone else and he's like no I'm taking this character to the grave and I kind of feel that same way too I'm like let 
just let it go until way, way in the future and then reboot it with somebody else. I think you can do that. Again, if you're going to reboot it, David Harbour is the perfect choice. Sure. I disagree. Let me run this by you, though. You disagree with my choice in casting? Yes. Or you disagree? Okay. So let me run this by you, though. Okay. You know that movie that's coming out with Harrison Ford and a dog called Call of the Wild? I thought it was just called Harrison Ford Has a Dog. <laughs> it's a documentary, actually. Yeah. What if we get to the end and there's no people in it except for Harrison Ford? And then at the very end, they finally make it home and his grandkids are there and they're like... Grandpa Indiana, you made it back. And then, like, it turns out, like, the James Mangle comes out and is like, we did it already, already made the movie. This is Indiana Jones 5. Okay, let me take that. All right. What if you go to Harrison Ford has a dog and they get to the end of the movie and the dog puts on a fedora? Boom. Oh, it's the new one. Nailed it. What if uh, they do get J.J. Abrams to direct it and they end up using it to link to Star Wars and say it was actually the same character all along? Yeah, uh, that would be perfect. That's that's what I would do, actually. That's what I think you should do. <laughs> is that. Did I ever tell you I came up with an Indiana Jones movie? Did I? I don't think I have. Was it any good? Uh, in my mind, it is. I think it's. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty. What is it? Uh, it's Indiana Jones and the Spear of Destiny. Sounds pretty dumb. Yeah, I know. I know. Is it what you call your penis? Yep. <laughs> it is. It is. Is that all you wanted to tell me? <laughs> yep. I've been trying for like 40 some episodes to work in the fact that I call my penis the Spear of Destiny and I haven't found it in yet. <laughs> and this was it. This was the day, Andrew. This is it. Final episode of the podcast. Well, I'm glad you finally found an end for your Spear of Destiny. All right, I'm done with this. You done with this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Andrew, did you write down Indiana Jones? I did. Thank you for asking. Okay, good. Okay, great. Does it work better if I do it at the end of the topic? Uh, yeah, actually, it would. Okay, great. It's time to squish some heads because Kids in the Hall is coming back for another season, baby. Yeah! I was really excited about this. I had no idea. I almost put this down as a news story and I was like, I don't even know if Andrew watched Kids in the Hall. Oh, yeah. I was raised on this fucking show. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Well, you were in, you were raised in Michigan, weren't you? So you're practically Canadian, so you definitely had it. <laughs> yes. I was actually in North Carolina when I watched the show, though. I don't know how that happened. Lauren Michaels, who produced the original series, is working with Amazon to bring the kids back for one more haul. The show will be the first Canadian series for Amazon Prime. Is that true? Yep. Wow. And for those who don't know, Kids in the Hall was a sketch show Back in the like late 80s, early 90s, it's on television. It was Canadian public broadcasting, and uh, it made its way uh, over here, I think, on HBO originally, and then syndicated like everywhere. And uh, for those yes. who don't know what it is... I caught it on Comedy Central. Is that where you were watching it? No, I was watching it on like Fox or ABC or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But so uh, anyone who didn't know what it was, think like a mix between Monty Python's Flying Circus and maybe Saturday Night Live? Is that a good that I think that's an accurate that's an accurate description because the structure was kind of like Saturday Night Live. They didn't have a host and they didn't have a musical guest, but the structure is just these the it was it was like SNL or even I'd almost say just because it's around the same time period, like in Loving Color, where it was oh, okay. actual sketches, like individual sketches. Right. But the Monty Python thing is definitely both the fact that 
They didn't have any women, so they put everybody in drag. Right. And also because the humor was a little more absurd. Yes. And a little more dark. Yeah. Think like Saturday Night Live, but with way more breaking the fourth wall and no pop culture references. Like there's no impersonations. There's no like, oh, what did the president do today? You know, there's none of that. It's just a bunch of people making ridiculous characters and uh, I actually watched one today that made me laugh so hard, I had to pause it because I was at work and I was laughing out loud. And it was um, this really obscene sketch that was not funny at all, where one of the guys comes in and it's like, uh, knock, knock. And it's these two parents. and They're like, what can I do for you, young man? And he's like, oh, I'm here to take your daughter out for a date. And they're like, she's been dead for two years. And he goes, well, it took me a long time to get here. And he looks back and one of the members who are all white men is dressed up in, like, yellow face with squinty eyes and, like, traditional Chinese garb and, like, a Fu Manchu, and he's got a rickshaw behind him, and he does this, like, super stereotypical, awful Chinese accent, and I was like, oh, this hasn't aged well. And then they stop the bit, and the guy who's playing the young man turns to the camera and says, so this sketch is terrible. And then just starts talking about how awful the sketch is. That's brilliant. <laughs> and that's the rest of the sketch is him just like talking to the audience about how much he hates the sketch and all the reasons it's bad. He's like, it's offensive. It's racist. <laughs> I remember one of my favorite sketches. I don't know why. I think it was just brilliant because of its simplicity was, I think it was Scott Thompson talking about how he this guy was trying to sell plungers to him. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the sketch? No, I have no idea what that he is. He was trying to sell pl- This guy arrived. I'm trying to think if it was even done to camera or if it was done like to his wife in the sketch or something. But it was just him talking about how this guy came to the door. He was a door-to-door salesman selling plungers. And Scott Thompson didn't even need a plunger, but the guy was such a goddamn good salesman that he he bought a plunger from the guy and then he kept buying plungers he just would i just constant and he just every time he said it he would just bring out another plunger and he's just bringing out these and they're just normal plunger but it just kept building and building to this absurd point where he's just like i just saw and i just bought another plunger what am i gonna do and he just bought another plunger and it just like i said it was so simple and and almost beautiful in its simplicity that it was it just stuck with me it's like it like was one of those sketches that burrows in your brain and doesn't let go you're actually you're hitting on another great point which is that uh for anyone out there who's an actor look up monologues from this show they're in like if you have trouble finding good comedic monologues Mm. the kids in the hall have you set like just type kids in the hall monologue and just listen to stuff and write it down and use it at your next audition there's a great one that i have that dave foley does where he comes into his kitchen so we're in a bathrobe he has the newspaper he's drinking his coffee it's early in the morning and he's like you know it's hard for me to wake up sometimes and go to work you know, a lot of people think I have it easy just because I'm a serial killer by day. But in all honesty, it's hard work getting up in the morning, even for me. You know, sometimes my first kill, yeah, it'll wake me up, you know, kind of like a cup of coffee. And usually by the second or third body I dismember, it gets a little easier. But it's still hard, you know. I can't wait until I, I've killed enough people that I can retire. <laughs> it's 
brilliant. It's basically like if you took Saturday Night Live and locked it in a closet for, you know, five or six years and just let it fester, that's yeah. what Kids in the Hall is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's incredible. All right. Did you write down Kids in the Hall? I already had it written down. Okay. So you don't need to write it down, right? Son of a bitch. Okay. Which one do you think she'll put up? Do you think she'll put up Dave Foley? She'll probably put up Dave Foley, right? I don't think she knows what Kids in the Hall is, so there's a good chance they won't be, they won't make it on the graphic. (sighs) All right, fine. All right, well, this is going to sound like I'm giving the same story twice. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. James Mangold (laughs) is set to direct at least one episode of The Mandalorian Season 2. Okay, you pulled it around. (laughs) James Mangold and... Robert Rodriguez. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Mandalorian season two coming out this October on Disney Plus, and they are up in their game with the directors that are coming. Like I said, James Mangold, who obviously we already said directed Logan, directing the upcoming Indy 5. Ford versus Ferrari. That's the one that he just had done. Wow. That was going to bug me. Okay. He also did Walk the Line. He did do Walk the Line. Yeah. All right. Anyway. And Robert Rodriguez, who did one of the Rambos. And one of the Predators and Desperado and all those movies. Um, someone's like, fuck you. <laughs> and I, for naming those movies as the ones that Robert Rodriguez did. <laughs> Sin City, Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. No, that's not the right one. No, that is Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And, and many, many others. They're both on to direct some episodes, among others. So really my question, because it seems like, again, they're giving more big directors the chance to direct a Star Wars episode of The Mandalorian. What director would you, do you think would play well in the Star Wars sandbox? Oh, man. it's it's The hardest part is that it's hard to think of someone who hasn't directed something in the Star Wars universe thus far. <laughs> That's true. That's a fair point. You know who I would kill to get on an episode of the Mandalorian is uh, Edgar Wright. I mean, I, I feel like I bring him up anytime we discuss directors at all, but no, but that's pretty good. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. I think he could fit really well, especially after seeing what they did with the Mandalorian. Like they're the humor that they put into the first season is very much up his alley. Like the, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen it, spoiler alert, but it's not a huge spoiler, but like the two stormtroopers just sitting around shooting the shit is like yeah. right up I his mean, alley. I mean, if Taika Waititi, because that was Taika Waititi's episode. Uh, if Taika Waititi right. can, of course can it do was. that, um, <laughs> then there's no reason that Edgar Wright wouldn't fit perfectly into this universe. You give him the right yeah, situation. Definitely. Like if you gave him the episode where they're, do the prison break episode where they're on the prison ship. Yeah. Where it's kind of almost like a bottle episode. He could do something really amazing with that. Or even any kind of speeder bike chase. Did you see baby driver? I did. So yeah, I mean that can imagine baby driver, but in the star Wars universe. Yeah. That would be a good heist through like some yeah. off planet somewhere, like some Tatooine esque desert planet. That would actually be awesome. And also it'd be great to get Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in the Mandalorian in some fashion. Imagine Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in Stormtrooper outfits. It'd be great. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, I'm trying to think who I would like to see do an episode of the Mandalorian. That's a good one. You patting yourself on the back? Yeah. I'm trying not to accidentally hang up the phone and pat myself on the back at the same time. 
I mean, there are obviously some big directors that probably would be better off directing one of the movies. Like, obviously, someone's someone's going to be like, well, Spielberg should direct one. Yeah, sure. Go for it. But I also feel like, like Robert Zemeckis would be really good. I'm surprised that his name hasn't gotten thrown around yet. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of... Like, Robert Rodriguez is a pretty big name. James Mangold is a pretty big name. But they're not, like, Spielberg or Zemeckis. Like, those are... No, no, no. But I wouldn't be surprised... Again, I'm just surprised Zemeckis, even for the movies, they haven't they haven't thrown his name around yet. How do you feel about uh, extending an olive branch to uh, George Lucas? For an episode of The Mandalorian? Yeah. I think it would be great. I actually have no problem with it. I know people are going to be like, he's going to ruin... No, he's Yeah, you not. give him one episode, it'll be fine. You give him an episode, he can do it. He is a very good filmmaker. Like, there is... whether No matter what you think of the storyline of the prequels or anything like that, he is a good filmmaker. I mean, you look at... What's the one... I've only seen clips of it, but the movies before Star Wars. Like, American Graffiti I've seen, and it's a great film. THX... 800 yeah, or whatever it is. that's the one I was going to say. I don't remember. <laughs> but I've seen bits of it and it, it's beautiful. It looks, it looks like a Kubrick film. You know what I mean? He could do stuff like that. I don't know that he would want to. He t- the only thing is he just likes to play in his own... T- I feel like I'm using that analogy a lot, but he likes to play in his own sandbox. And I, and I respect that. I get it. Totally. But I would be fine with giving him an episode. I'd be fine with giving him a few. Like, just give him like... If they're like, there's like a three episode arc we want to do in the middle of the season. Go for it. Do it. You know, buffer it with some stuff in before and after so that if it's not great, then it's not a total waste and you're not leaving the season on, on a sour note, but sure. Go for it. Catherine Bigelow would be good. I have no idea who that is. Woman who directed The Hurt Locker. Oh, yeah. Okay. That could be really interesting. Speaking of female directors, since we just missed uh, International Women's Day, what about um, Patty Jenkins? Patty Jenkins. Yes, absolutely. Patty Jenkins would be really, really good. Yeah, there's a ton out there. Have you ever remembered hearing about something, but then it was so long ago, you questioned yourself and whether or not it was real or if you just dreamed the whole thing. And after a while, you start to question the very foundation of your own sanity. I mean, I, I wake up every morning like that. Well, anyway, the New Mutants movie is going to be rated PG-13. Wait, what? The New Mutants movie? Wait, why would they do that? Wait, what? Wait. I don't know what you're asking. That, wait, what? Just loop that five more times. <laughs> okay, great. To really hammer home how I'm feeling about this. It's now going to be rated... I thought it was coming out, and I thought it was coming out with the director's vision. What? Are, what the fuck's going on with this movie? Answer me, Andrew. I don't know. Like, you were expecting it to be R, right? I was told it was going to be R. I was told it was going to come out three years ago. So (laughs) what the hell's going on? Uh, Yeah, I have no idea. But according to FilmRatings.com, the film has officially been given a PG-13 rating. Fans obviously were speculating that since the movie is intended to have its roots in horror and thriller genres, they thought it would be uh, rated R. And um, I guess we shouldn't expect anything too wild from the movie. You know what? Now that I think about it, it's almost our fault for for not seeing this coming. Because it was going to be a Fox film in the X-Men universe. And Fox was never going to take i mean yes and everyone's gonna go well deadpool was rated r yes it was but this is also a movie full of children (laughs) yes it's a movie about kids and it's also a movie that is like they said it was going to be set in the x-men franchise like directly in there so they're not going to take their flagship franchise and give it an r rating 
they wouldn't do that. They're smart enough to know not to do that. Not smart enough not to make Dark Phoenix, yep. but smart enough to know not to do this. So anyone who's mad out there because you thought it was going to be an R rating, did we ever hear that it was going to be an R rating? Was that ever a new story? People assumed. Right, but no one ever actually reported it. Right, it had to do with the director you know, saying it's going to be a, a scary horror movie. It's straight up like horror genre. So you guys are going to be totally blown away by this. And everyone was like, oh, it's going to be rated R. And then they're like, nope, it's PG-13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's our fault then. Our bad. Fox slash Disney. Our bad. Still, make it an R rating. I mean, for God's sakes. At this point... Just make it an R rating. Why, though? Were you going to see it anyway? No, and that's why. Just why not? Just throw it out there. Whatever. (laughs) Unless, I guess, unless upping it to an R rating causes them to do more work. I guess what I'm saying is, like, if it was shot like it was going to have an R rating, if the director shot it that way, and then they were going, oh, no, we should should take this down to a PG-13. I'm telling you right now, guys, don't put in the effort, because none of us are going to see this anyway. It's not worth the money. It's not worth the time and the energy. All right? So just don't worry about it. If it was shot and it was supposed to be PG-13, then just make it whatever rating it's supposed to be. Because it doesn't matter. Because we're not going to go see this. Have you seen that uh, Disney Plus has been taking stuff down and rejecting pilot ideas because they deal with adult themes? Taking stuff down in what way? What do you From mean Disney Plus. Oh, really? Like, they've been getting complaints that things that, like, shows that are about high school students involve dating and like there's kissing and stuff like that. They're like, how am I supposed to explain this to my kids? And so Disney Plus has just been removing stuff. A lot of them have been finding, I don't know the specifics on this, but I watched a video about it a couple days ago. A lot of them have been heading straight over to Hulu and being like, hey, Disney Plus broke our contract so we can put this wherever we want. And Hulu's been picking up most of them, but not all of them. Right. Well, but it should also be noted that Disney owns, I think, still the majority of Hulu. I think they're the majority owner of Hulu. So they can take their stuff and put it onto Hulu. Sure. If it's more risque. Sure. I hate using that word. (laughs) You and I had a conversation kind of about this when Disney Plus was going to get going. Because I think that that trend's going to break. And I think eventually Disney Plus is going to go in the opposite direction. And I think they're going to... Yeah, people are going to stop giving a shit after a while. Well, I think A, they're going to stop giving a shit. But also Disney Plus is going to want to... At some point, I mean, it's Disney. If they have a competition, they want to just dominate. You know what I mean? And they're happy right now with how Disney Plus is performing. But as soon as people get used to Disney Plus and it becomes just another streaming service and Netflix's numbers start to kind of even out with it, they're going to expand. And you're going to see, like on Disney Plus right now, they have a spot for Disney. They have a spot for Pixar. They have a spot for National Geographic and something else. I forget what it is. But you're going to see more of those and they're going to have a spot. I have a feeling they're going to have a spot for Miramax. They're going to have a spot for... Oh, they have a spot for uh, Marvel. That's what it is. Marvel and Star Wars. But I think you're going to see a spot for Miramax and all of their movies. They're going to have a spot for Dimension, which is, you know, Scream and a lot of horror movies and things like that. I think they're going to expand their catalog to like, we own all of this and it's all on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. It's probably a good call. Yeah. Yo, did you listen to the latest episode of the Weekly Planet? I did not. Why? Because they do a bit of ours. <laughs> that is so specific 
that for a minute I was like, did did they listen to us and take this? What do they do? What did they rip off? <laughs> one of them mentions, enter- is it Entertainment Weekly? And the other one starts singing the theme song. Entertainment Tonight? Yeah, is that it? <gasps> they stole my Entertainment Tonight bit? Remember when you were singing the song? That was fucking gold. And you know what's crazy? I recognized it because I didn't know the, I don't know the song. I've never seen it. And I heard, I think it was Nick Mason singing it. And I was like, that's the song that Chris was singing. That son of a bitch. (laughs) In case you listening out there aren't aware, you didn't catch this episode or you're brand new to the podcast. A few episodes ago, I did a bit about Entertainment Weekly. Damn it. Now I'm doing it. Entertainment Tonight and the theme song for Entertainment Tonight, which if you don't know what it is, it goes like this. I don't remember how the rest of it goes. It's incredible. I usually segue it into the end of the MacGyver thing. <laughs> Should I do it again? No. Do, do you want me to do it again? No. Okay, fine. I won't. I really gave it something on that one, didn't I? Oh, yeah, definitely. You gave it something. Yeah, I gave it something. So anyway, (laughs) ham-fisted segue. Here we go. We got a first look at the Batmobile from Matt Reeves' The Batman. Did you see the image of the new Batmobile? No. How's it look? (laughs) You haven't seen the new image of the new Batmobile? Is Mel making you wait on these things again? No, I didn't know about it. Oh, look, look it up right now. Do it. Look it up right now. Uh, looks like an old man car. This is what I like about it. Ready? It's just a car. It's an actual car that I can tell how it works. I can look at that car and I go, oh, that's where the engine goes. And I can look at that car and I go, oh, that could fit down a street. And I can look at that car and go, hey, it looks like someone a human being could drive. It's just a car. I guess it looks a little strange. Like, it just looks like a regular sports car from, like, the mid-90s. Now imagine someone wearing a full bat suit driving to work in a tiny-ass, like, mini coupe. (laughs) That's what I like about it. It looks just like, it looks like a regular car with bat wings on it. That's it. It's a regular car. And before anyone says anything, if you look back through Batman comics of the past... There have been many times when the Batmobile is just a regular car. Yeah, we saw a bunch of them in the White Knight. Exactly. It's just a car. I like that. Because, can I confess something to you? I hated the Tumblr. I hated it. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Tumblr. I'm not a fan of the Tumblr. I do like the 89 Batman because it is so over the top, and it has the giant bat wings and everything. It's it's, so iconic. It's iconic, and it's beautiful and elegant. And you're not going to outdo it. Can I confess something to you? I knew it. I love you too. What? What? No, go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, uh, I was just saying that uh, I think my favorite Batmobile is the Batman Forever Batmobile. You know what? That's a really good Batmobile. I have, uh, There's no fault in that. I like that Batmobile a lot. Yeah. Actually. It's pretty baller. It is pretty baller. Um, it's got this the like see-through ribs on it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I like that a lot. It's a pretty baller Batmobile. No, there's no shame in that one. Um, but that's what I like. You had the 89, you had the Batman Forever and Batman Rob- Batman and Robin Batmobile. And then after that, the, like, 
I thought, I really honestly felt like the Tumblr was a weird choice for the Nolan Batman movies because he's like, no, we're going real, it's going to be like a very real world Batman. But he drives a giant fucking tank. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. That turns into a motorcycle. That turns into a motorcycle. It, it's a tank. It doesn't fit down streets. Yeah. I don't understand how he was able to do anything. It's not a car for an inner city roadway. I live in a city. Yeah, it's got to have, like, zero acceleration. You can't do anything in that thing. It's got to weigh a million pounds. Right, exactly. So, I really like this car. I actually... People are going to shit on it, and they... And not like it, and I think they're wrong. I think this is really refreshing to see. Just a car. It's just a fucking car. You get in, you turn the key, it goes. It's probably a stick shift. No, it's probably automatic, right? I mean, it's probably a stick shift. Is the Batmobile... It's probably a stick shift, right? You have more control over a car that is a stick shift. He's kind of a control freak. Yeah, but how are you going to hit all the switches for the ejector seat and all the missiles if you're working working the shift? Well, that's what I'm saying, though. The only reason to get an automatic instead of a stick shift is if you don't know how to use one. And Lord knows Bruce Wayne is an expert at driving his car. True. I mean... I was trying to work in a penis joke here and I couldn't find one. You know what you definitely want to take is advice about different types of cars and when you should get different types of cars from two guys who hasn't owned a car in over a decade. So definitely. Um, oh, yeah. Just no, no. Uh, nine years. Great. Well, then you got in just under the wire. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't sell it until after until my second year. In school, which was 2010, right? I don't know. I think so. I've, I stopped counting. Yeah. 2010 slash 11. So joke's on you, buddy. Yeah, you really got me there. Way to go, pal. Have you ever looked at something and thought, wow, that's incredible. I love it. And now I'm going to destroy it? Like the perfectly smooth surface of a newly opened peanut butter jar or like, uh, like a new bar of soap. Or maybe you find a pristine bathroom after you've just spent $40 at the Penn Station Taco Bell and you think, oh, I can't wait to wreck this. Have you ever felt that way about anything? <laughs> uh, once or twice, yeah. And usually it is the Penn Station bathroom. Yeah, right, right. Uh, well, anyway, HBO is developing a The Last of Us TV show. The Last of Us? Yeah, do you know what that is? No. Oh, boy. Do you have a PS3 or a PS4? No, I do not. And you know that about me. I forget. The Last of Us is a video game that originally came out on PS3, and it, like, revolutionized Sony and their games. It was, like, sort of the one of the last big ones they had on the PS3. They redid it for the PS4, and they, like, souped up the graphics and added some extra content and stuff like that, which is what I got. Melinda was obsessed with it. She's played it all the way through, like, 10 or 12 times or something uh, on the PS3. So she convinced me to get it. Um, she wanted me to just play her copy, but I wanted to get the PS4 version, so I got that. And it is one of the best storytelling items that I've ever found. So it's a story about... Oh, I know what this is. Oh, you're Googling it. Great. I was Googling it. So I'll tell you how it opens. Go ahead. The video game starts and you're a young girl. And... (laughs) I mean, I I typically am for every video game. (laughs) But you wake up on the couch. You don't know where your dad is. You're, You're wandering around this house trying to figure out what you're doing and what's going on. TV's on talking about some sort of disease. If this is a video game about getting your period, I swear to God. So... It might be a metaphor for it, but not literally. And eventually, your dad runs in, slams the door, and he's like, we got to get out of here. 
and then someone bursts through the window and he just fucking shoots the guy in the head. The dad does. And he's like, we got to run, get to the truck. And so you run, you get in the truck, you're in the backseat. And then you spend the whole time while he's driving. Looking for tampons. No, controlling. Why are you doing this? Sorry, I'm just going to keep, I don't know. Can you, but it's really. Uh, do you have it, any alcohol? No, but you know what? Once it got into my head, I can't get it out now. And so everything you're saying lines up with this bit. So keep going. Great. So you control what she sees in the in the truck and like you can control like what you're looking at and uh, eventually you have to make a run for it. Uh, eventually the car crashes and she's like horribly injured uh, and the dad has to like carry her to safety and they're just about on the outskirts of town and uh, a police officer says hold it and like pulls out his gun and is like hold on like we're quarantining the city you're not allowed to come out here. And the dad's like, I, I really need help. Like, my, my daughter's going to die if I don't get her some help. And uh, eventually the, like, officer goes into his walkie-talkie and is like, hey, I have two people here. Can't tell if they are infected. And you hear back, neutralize them. And right before the guy pulls the trigger, the dad's brother comes out of nowhere with, like, a crowbar and, like, hits the gun uh, out of the officer's hand. It goes off at the same time. But uh, before the officer is able to do anything, the guy, the brother kills the officer and uh, Joel, who's you find out is his name, the dad. Uh, they wrestle the, the officer to the ground. They they subdue him. And then the dad looks over and his daughter has been shot and she dies in his arms. And that's how it opens. And then you fast forward like 10 years, maybe. The world is in a post-apocalypse, and this man is working as a smuggler. He is illegally taking things from quarantined areas to other quarantined areas. All the cities in America have been just, like, locked down with guards, making sure no one comes in and no one comes out. And that's life now in America. So someone comes to him and is like, I got a job for you. You have to take this 16-year-old girl across the entire country. And he's like, why? And she's like, it's no questions asked. Because she's getting her period. Exactly. And that's where the last of the tampons are. So he's like, okay, I'll do it. And then you come to find out. I just want to bring the bed around. Yeah, I, I got that. I'm trying to ignore you. So then you come to find out that uh, she she has a zombie bite mark. You'll never ignore me. She has a zombie bite mark, I think, on her arm or something. And she has Plot not twist. turned. <gasps> Plot twist. And so there's reason to believe that you are smuggling the cure for this disease across the country. <gasps> and that's the plot of The Last of Us. And it's incredible. Plot twist. So anyway, they're going to fuck it up. So basically, so HBO's making their version of The Walking Dead. Yeah, sort of. It's, uh, so Craig Mazin, who is, uh, he's the creator of HBO's Chernobyl. He's signed on to develop the series, um, Neil Druckmann, who is the creative director on the video game, will be co-writing the script with Mason and act as executive producer. THR reports that the HBO series, quote, will cover the events of the original game, which was written by Druckmann, with the possibility of additional content based on forthcoming uh, the forthcoming game sequel. The Last of Us Part 2 will be released May 29th, 2020. I also have written here, we already saw this. It's called Logan. <laughs> so who do we think for casting? Let's see. Other than Hugh Jackman and uh, whoever that girl was. Uh, how old is the dad supposed to be? I think he's in his 40s at this point, like mid to late 40s. Okay. 
And is he supposed to be kind of like a macho or guy? Or is he kind of like, at least when he starts? Think like Nathan Drake plus 10 years. You know who Nathan Drake is? Uh, From Uncharted? Yes. Like, add 10 years to that. Yeah, very um, gruff. He doesn't play around. He doesn't joke. He doesn't have a sense of humor. He gets the job done. And uh, he doesn't like talking. That kind of guy. So you're you're thinking someone like a Fillion would not? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, he could like Nathan Fillion has proved that he's a better actor. He just couldn't do the thing that he normally gets cast for. You know, right? Charming. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't be you know snarky. He's not a jokester. He's not sarcastic. He's just succinct and ready to kill something at a moment's notice. Do you know who the actor Walter Goggins is? Yeah, Wally Goggins. Yeah, he could probably do it. Yeah. He might have to beef up a little bit. He, I, whenever I see him, he's super stringy. Yeah, yeah. But, like, he's the he seems like kind of the right age. People have been um, have been speculating Josh Brolin might be a good... He's a little old, but... No, no, no. Josh Brolin is timeless in that, <laughs> in that sort of way. Yeah. And in every way. I mean, that guy, he's like granite, basically. And I mean that in a good way. <laughs> but, like, he's like a giant lifeless boulder but i mean that as a compliment who else man who else would be good millie bobby brown for the girl yeah no for the guy yeah him too she can do anything they just have to make sure when she plays him she still has her 11 powers from stranger things right what about woody harrelson maybe yeah i could see that i'm trying to think more like he's not he when i look at woody harrelson i don't think like super serious like he still always has like there's a little bit of bite you know? Oh, there are some roles that he could do super serious. I'm sure, but I don't know. Every time I see him, I'm sure they're serious, but there's always a, just a hint of like, hey, I'm having a good time, you know? Mm, like, mm. I'm having a fun time with whatever, even if it's super dark and super, right. you know, this is a man who every second of his life is suffering. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good one. Okay, I'll give you an off the wall one where you're going to be like, no, absolutely not. But ready? Brian Cranston. See, now I can't tell if you just hung up or not. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. Because, yeah, initially I'm like, I don't know about that, but I also know his range. Yeah. And he might be able to. Yeah. there's. It's funny because there's an episode of The X-Files that he's in. Oh, I know that episode. Uh, I yes. remember when people were unsure about him being cast in Breaking Bad. I was always the one going, I don't know though, man. Like, have you seen him in X-Files? <laughs> well, what's ironic is that Vince Gilligan, the guy who created Breaking Bad, is the guy who wrote that episode. Yes, he did. I mean, that episode sounds basically lot like the plot of the whole series. You know what I mean? You're driving across country. So you can, the guy can be in a car and moving a story forward in that sort of capacity. And he's only gotten better in the past 30 years. <laughs> right. That was actually, honestly, while you were describing it, when you asked the question first, I was like, I think Brian Cranston. And then I was trying to find other people around that. But that's actually just kind of thinking of it. That's kind of my my choice. Yeah. And this is me never having played the games or I, like I've seen it a little bit, but I've never actually played There's it. There's a, a movement as well to try and get the guy who plays the voice of Joel, that character, to play him in live action as well. Uh, the guy's name is Troy. Does anyone know what this person looks like in real life? Yes. And he kind of looks like him. I think his name is Troy Baker. Okay. Yeah, if you look up Troy Baker, he's a little young, but he's like a television actor as well, so right. he might be able to do it. 
they could hold him up and he'd be the same voice. <laughs> That's true. You'd have that. You'd definitely have that. So the fans could sit down and shut up. And you'd have the guy who knows more about the character than anyone else. I mean, until they change it completely for the television show. See, actually, that's what I was going to say. I, I kind of hope they do. I wish they would change it. Because why do it? Why just simply do the same thing? Yeah. Christian Bale has been confirmed as the villain for Thor 4. But wait, there's more. All right, hold on. Can I back it up? Because I had I had a whole thing that I wanted to do with that. <laughs> okay. And then this other this other story distracted from it. Hold on. Wait. I'm gonna give you like an Andrew Dunn introduction. Do it, please. Hey, Andrew. Y- yes. <laughs> Sometimes you end up the hero, and then you end up living long enough to see yourself become the villain. I get it. Christian Bale is playing the villain in Thor Four. Well done. That well was just done. for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I'm going to join you in this one. I'm going to join you. We're both doing it. We're both doing it. We're both clapping. Oh, you're clapping? Alright, I think that's enough of that. No, I'm going to keep doing it as I read the story. So, Christian Bale has been cast as the villain of the... You're going to hate me for trying to edit that. Uh I know it. I can feel it already. (laughs) You're so angry. You're so angry already just thinking ahead of how you're going to have to edit around that. Yep. Christian Bale has been confirmed as the villain of Thor 4. I don't believe at this time they've told us what the villain is. I don't think that that is true. But he is going to be the villain. People have speculated possibly Beta Ray Bill. However... This just, I just saw this today, uh, on top of Christian Bale being the villain for Thor 4, which is, by the way, Thor Love and Thunder, which is also the name of a very good pornography that I would recommend to everyone. (laughs) In addition to Christian Bale being in Thor Love and Thunder, we are also going to have the Guardians of the Galaxy in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, so originally, we were not going to see them until Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which was going to come out... Actually, the original plan was to have Guardians Volume 3 come out before the next Thor movie. However, because of the whole James Gunn, he's in, he's out, he's in again, that movie got pushed back. And so now Thor is coming out first. So we were now going to see the Guardians of the Galaxy in Thor Love and Thunder before Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which begs the question... We've seen Fat Thor, Skinny Thor. This is going to be a movie all about them vying for who's in charge of Guardians. Is it just a cameo? That's more than one question answering one answer. Is this a um, a what if? No, this is not a what if. This is a real situation. Batten down the hatches. This is not a drill. No, that's not what I, I meant. Like, is this because they're doing their what if series? Yeah. So is it is not one of those? Nope. This is not one of those. This is a real thing. I don't know then, man. Because didn't they say Love and Thunder was going to be where Jane Foster is Thor? Uh, She's going to be in it. I don't know that they ever said that she's going to be Thor. That everyone, because she came out of Comic-Con, she was holding the hammer or something. Everyone speculated that. I don't know that they ever said that that's going to happen. And even if it does... You don't know that it's going to happen at the beginning of the movie and then she's in it for the rest of it. In fact... I can almost guarantee you she's not going to be like that for the whole movie and Chris Hemsworth is just fucking off somewhere. Or maybe she is. Maybe that's why he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe I'm speculating and I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, here's what I... 
will also add, Taika Waititi, I mean, there's no way to know what he's going to do next. Nah, he's a madman. Yeah. It's the whim of a madman. It is. That's my, 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 um. Your catchphrase? Dennis Hopper impression. Oh. (laughs) From Speed. You got a good topical reference for the podcast. Yes, because you're doing Speed. I get it. The whim of a madman. Can you just insert Dennis Hopper saying that? The whim of a madman. I can because you sound more like Rex from Toy Story. I think I'm just coming off as annoying. The whim of a madman. Yeah, no, I hear it now, actually. I hear it. You're right. You're right. You're right. I won't do it anymore. Go on. I hope he's Beta Ray Bill. The whim of a madman. Sorry, go on. I won't do it again, I promise. I mean, that's all I had to say. (laughs) You hope he's Beta Ray Bill? Yeah. I hope he's Beta Ray Bill, too. I think that would be great. I think, you know, actually, you hit on something that I didn't even think of. Now that we know the Guardians are in the movie, I think it could be Jane Foster takes over being Thor, Chris Hemsworth's Thor is stuck with the Guardians, and that's why they're around, because he actually does need them now. Yeah. Which would make more sense. Because otherwise, what are they going to do next to Thor? Nothing. I also really want Throg. The further we get from Thor Ragnarok, the more it seems like that's not going to happen. Do you know that character? Which one is... Was he in Ragnarok? No. So in the comics, actually after Ragnarok, I think, Thor's hammer is destroyed and, and like shatters into a thousand pieces, just like it did in Ragnarok. And a meanwhile, a frog is hopping around on the grass and accidentally hops onto one of the shards and becomes Thor. <laughs> oh, I know. I Yes, I know exactly who this is. Yeah. You know what? Don't put it past Taika Waititi. He'll he'll find a way either that actually either that or james gunn is going to put him in volume three. Oh yeah that more than anything else i could a hundred percent see i could see that being the post credit scene of love and thunder mm-hmm. and then throg is in guardians of the galaxy volume three he'd be a great addition to the the guardians it would be great and then you spin that off into a throg howard the duck buddy film sure end of marvel cinematic universe (laughs) all the way through guardians 3 you have a great dynamic of like thor telling the frog no you're not thor i'm thor and he's like i'm thor yeah a hundred percent i think that would be fantastic very quickly as well there were set photos taken of Loki, the TV show coming to Disney Plus, which we just talked about the last episode, Ooh. including pictures of Owen Wilson in character and in costume. It looks like he's going to be playing Justice Peace, who is an agent of the Time Variance Authority. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so we got that. Now, here's the thing. Do you think he's actually just going to be playing an agent, or do you think that's going to there's going to be a twist and a reveal that he is, in fact, an actual known character, someone larger? Like Kang the Cocker. Yeah, they could do it that way. I I feel like it's more likely that they will leave that for another time if they decide to do it. I think there's a good chance that he'll just be an agent in this one. Because it looks more increasingly like what the plot of the show is going to be is that Loki is taken prisoner and sort of like, well, you can't pay the check. You're going to do the dishes for the restaurant. Uh, It looks like they're going to use him to help fix some stuff throughout time. I really just hope it's now a series about Owen Wilson and Loki doing dishes in a restaurant, (laughs) but not a character. The actor Owen Wilson and Loki doing dishes in a restaurant. Wow. Oh, wow. We didn't do it last time, so we have to do it this time. Wow. All right, let's just do that. We'll do this once. Ready? Give me your best. Oh, wow. Go. Oh, wow. All right, ready? Here I go. Oh, wow. 
Oh, that was very was that? good. That was very was really? good. Yes, it was excellent. Thank you. I'm very Thank excited you. to hear how even better it is when I listen to it when I'm editing. It's great. I should just put in Owen Wilson saying wow for both of us. You should. That You should do that. Yeah. I have one last question for you, Chris. Yes. What comics should I gather to read while I'm waiting for my fiance, Melinda, to give birth? <laughs> You wouldn't, uh, this is honestly, the honest to God truth. While my, while my wife was in labor, do you want to know what comic I was reading? This is going to be really fucked up. Ready? I would love to. <laughs> I was in the middle of reading Sex Criminals by Matt Fraction. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's an ironic, it's an ironic choice. I didn't, by the, just for anyone out there, I did, I was not choosing to start Sex Criminals when she went into labor. I was in the middle of it while she was reading and I was like, no, eh, I'll keep going with this. <laughs> So I was, yeah, I did. Uh, that's what I was reading. Let's see. I have to give you a, re- a reading assignment. Well, yeah, but that's next episode. When is her, when is the due date? Uh, 29th. Okay. No, I know. I'm not giving you a reading assignment, but then in the next two episodes, like around when her due date is, is around yeah. when you would be doing our reading, my reading assignment. So now that's extra pressure. And I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> All right. I got to think about this real good, but that is a good question. Let me ponder this. I'll, I'll work it into your reading assignment. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Okay. I also have been collecting a bunch that just like I've been looking up my own ones to read. Right. And I found one called Marvel Warp, I think it's called. Okay. Obviously, I haven't started yet. I'm saving it. But it is an arc that occurred where Gamora got all of the Infinity Stones and to try and like kill someone who was so powerful, the only way she could do it was by like warping the universe into itself wow and so a lot of heroes mixed with each other so you get like steven rogers who is the soldier supreme and uh stark odin's son who is tony stark and thor mixed together wow holy cow and uh there's and what what led me to this was i was doing research on justice peace who it looks like owen wilson is playing and justice peace in this comic merged with carol danvers Oh, man. Yeah, it looks really cool. I'm really excited to read it. That's really interesting. I think I know. I was going to wait on this because it's not done yet, but I think I know. All right. Okay. I think I know. Anyway, but if you want to find out what his reading assignment is, you have to come back for the next episode. Aw. I did that like a professional, didn't I? That was really good. <laughs> Yeah, I really teased it. Yeah, right up until you fucked it up at the end. I didn't fuck it up at the end. You fucked it up at the end. How did I fuck it up at the end? I fucked it up at the end, didn't I? Yes. Anyway. Oh, hey, Andrew. What? 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 Where can they find us? Well, they can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play Music. You can also find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. Go give us a, a tweet at Twitter.com slash Media Lunch Break, I think. Our handle there is at Media Lunch Break. You can find us on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break, although we haven't put out a video in some time. You can find us on Patreon.com slash The Media Lunch Break to give us money. It's what helps us pay for all of the expenses we have. <laughs> Whatever those are, you can send us an email at themedialunchbreak at gmail.com and you can go to our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Thank you to Julie, who was our first patron. She's sticking it out. And uh, I don't think she listens to this anymore, but I'm fine with it because she's the best. Yeah. You were really fighting through something there while doing that. I could, it had a real tensity to it. I'm exhausted. (laughs) 
Yeah, you were, I think that's what it was. You were fighting consciousness. I saw something today that made me laugh pretty hard, which was that uh, there's something symbolic about International Women's Day having one fewer hour than any other day in the year. <laughs> that is actually really funny. <laughs> I did not even put that together. Oh, I forgot. I've been meaning to ask you. So, uh, your, uh, your boy Pete's down. Who, uh, who, who are you looking at? Oh boy. All right. Yeah, um, <laughs> okay. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with my man, Joe. I, I, um, you are such a son of a bitch. No, I'm sorry. I listen. There's a strategy to this that I, I've been thinking about. It was, that was a tough one, but the more I've been thinking about, it, I'm like, I think I'm going to go with Joe. I think I'm, Yeah. I think I am. Breaking my heart, man. Listen, I this is one of those things where I'm not like viscerally against the other side. If you're for Bernie, more power to you. I have no problems with him. I just think that Joe it's gonna have an easier time being elected. And at this point, I'll go with that. Alright. The polls right now say the opposite. The polls put him uh, tied with Trump and Bernie Sanders two points ahead, but Well right now the primary in your former home state has joe biden up ahead by like double digits yeah it's the south it's republican of course it does <laughs> no 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 sorry other home state michigan yeah it's the midwest it's republican of course it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah that's true but yeah that was a that was a tough day i knew it was coming yeah i knew this was a quixotic notion yeah but I was all for it. And, Honestly, uh, I felt the same way about Warren as well, because Warren was yeah. like a very close second choice for me. In fact, I preferred her to Bernie Sanders for a little while of the campaign. Right. And so my pipe dream was that the final two would be Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. And I'd be like, who do I choose? You know, but yeah, it was very sad to see her get so few, including coming third in her home state. Oof, that was a rough one right there. Yeah, yeah that was rough. All right. Are you still recording this? This Yeah, hell yeah. All right. Excellent. Good content. Actually, one more thing before we stop recording. Just one last question, Andrew. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You've done everything right except that podcast, but I won't hold it against you. What's your favorite curse word? Cum-guzzling gutter slut. (laughs) Way to go, Jimmy the Lip. Thanks a lot. Goodbye, everybody.